Chris Kimrani joins us now from The Athletic. He is on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Chris, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are we doing? We are doing well. Pac-12 Media Day. The Utes will be picked to win the South. Why would that be the wrong pick? Because, you know, sometimes the media get these gets these things wrong. Why would it be the wrong pick? Hmm. Um, I don't think it would be the wrong pick, DJ. <laughs> okay, then. I think it would be the. I think it would be the logical pick. Um, I think it just depends on how Utah wants it framed from the outside going in the season. I know you know PK was talking about that a second ago, and I think that's going to be a talking point throughout the season. Is does Kyle want to embrace the noise, embrace the hype, or does he want to deflect it and do the week-to-week stuff that you know he's known to do? Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do this year because of that. Because I agree with PK, this is the best Utah team that they've had. So it's, and I don't want to say they're head and shoulders better than everyone else in the South, but there's no reason why, if healthy, they shouldn't win the South. Yeah, I mean, obviously. I think that's absolutely accurate, and I think that they should embrace it. You know, I was joking with Kyle about that uh, the other day about how he's going to talk about, well, you know, preseason polls don't matter, and they really don't matter. I mean, no one is saying that, well, that has any validity, but since you are brand new to this, this is the first time that I can recall, unless you guys can think otherwise, correct me if I'm wrong, that they've been picked to win the South, and not just that, but a fair amount of people are going to pick them to win the conference. Phil Steele has them eighth, right? The highest ranked Pac-12 team that he has in his preseason. And he's one of the gurus who, you know, he, that minutia to his magazine, you got to really be a nerd to get that deep. But yet that's what he does. And he's made a great living off of it. And he's outstanding. So I'm thinking that, tell his guys, who is it? Is it a, a Bradley and I and Zach Moss are going to be representing yep. the Utes, I think? And so I think what he should tell those guys, and they get some training about what to say, what not to say, tell these guys, yeah, we believe we are going to win it. So my point, Chris, is embrace all this stuff. Don't downplay it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree for, our, <laughs> for the sake of our own existence in the sports media realm. I think that would be great. It would be refreshing. It would be yeah. uh, something new. Um and I'm interested. I, I mean, I, I don't want to say that I don't think they're going to take that route because they might. We can't speak for them. We haven't. They haven't given. They haven't been given the opportunity to you know sit behind the mic yet. Um, so who knows? Maybe even Kyle will surprise us tomorrow. Who knows? But it, it's going to be uh, interesting because I think there's something to be said about you know respecting your opponent and the week by week thing. But also there's something to be said about having enough self-belief and self-confidence to say you know beyond the on paper thing just we are very good we have so much returning talent this is who we are we think we have what it takes i mean i i don't think i think we're splitting hairs when it comes to you know the uh approach of how people view themselves in sports and i know a lot of coaches want to avoid the bulletin board material stuff and i get that but at the same time it's like Come on, when you're good, you're good. When you're not, you're not. I don't know. Is it? Is it? Uh, maybe, maybe I'm. Maybe I'm taking too existential of a view here. You guys can tell me, but I, I just think it's, it's, uh, it's not that big of a deal at the end of the day to be a little confident. 
Sure. Couldn't agree more. So they're good, but they've struggled with Oregon and Washington over the years. The steps they've made, has this brought them on par with those teams, better than those teams? Are they ready to beat those teams head-to-head? Oregon you know, wouldn't be until a Pac-12 title game if they both get there. Yeah, I mean, I, it's crazy to say that Washington might be there for the taking because they're breaking in a new quarterback and, uh, you know, they lost Miles Gaskin, who I think will be harder to replace on a down-to-down, game-to-game level than Jake Browning. But I mean, Washington's always going to have a great defense. Um, Oregon's going to be good. Justin Herbert had all the hype last year, the Heisman hype, and he didn't have a very good year at all. So to your point, like, I mean, they have to go to Seattle, and that's always a good game. It's always a tough game, but Utah always plays Washington really, really tight as we've seen the last few years, like ridiculously tight. They always come up like one or two plays short. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I I hate the phrase on paper, but I keep going back to it, so I apologize. But on paper, Utah should be probably be at Levi's Stadium that first week of December. I mean, I mean, they've never had this much returning talent. They've never had this much returning offensive talent in the Pac-12 era, veteran talent that has been there. Um, but, again, it's – can Tyler stay healthy? Can they avoid him getting hurt? Can Zach Moss stay healthy? What's Britton Covey looking like uh, health-wise going into the year? These are all just questions that we're going to regurgitate again and again. But that's the beauty of the job is when, you, when you're covering a team that's, that's good, you know, you know, it's all right. It can be a topic of conversation. Yeah, especially in the summer when you still have – you know, three weeks of training camp, and then thankfully for you, I think it's a, it's good for everybody, but for somebody who has to, and you work for The Athletic now, so you'll be there day-to-day given everything that uh, you know and see and all that stuff, uh, insights at The Athletic, uh, with BYU having to be the first game, and it really amps it up, and it actually increases the focus. So when I look at the Utahs going into training camp, and they have a new thing this year, we're not going to be able to observe any of it we got to sit over in the corner and get nothing until it it's open and i always thought that training camp is the fun time because the intensity really ratchets it up and i think for this year that's why it really works well i believe and get your comment on it to have byu as the first game so you're going to be picked this south and many people have you picked to win the conference and then you get the cougars right off the bat so Kyle should have everybody's peak attention from the very first moment of the first day of practice. Respond to that. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, it would be different if um, they were opening up against Northern Illinois and had to go to Provo in week two. I think that right. would be almost a little more painful from our perspective in that, exactly. like, no no offense to Northern Illinois, they're always a great program, but in, in Utah – in Salt Lake and Provo, that game in Provo this year is the only game that really matters in terms of, you know, the state. I know Utah fans have much bigger fish to fry with the Pac-12, and I get it. But it, it, it is a little bit of a blessing and a curse, I think, to get that first game out of the way because everybody's going to want to ask guys about that game, and I, I have a feeling that they're going to be pretty tight-lipped about it. It's going to be kind of an extended version of, a, of the uh, – traditional week before the utah byu game where guys are you know for the most part a little uh a little more coy and and probably don't want to give much bulletin board material but that's just going to be a a fairly elongated training camp worth of uh people trying to uh, ask 
it's going to be interesting to see who gets uh, who gets uh, maybe a little uh, not barked at, but might get the first side eye from Kyle when they when the Utah BYU game is brought up in a post game or post training. Oh, I think it's going to be you, Chris. Yeah, I think it's going to be you. Yeah, I think he's going to take a step toward you, and you're going to back up four. (laughs) No, I I want to believe that. You know, and kind of like UPK, anytime Kyle sees me, he you know comments about my hair. So I want to believe vicariously he's kind of still living through me a little bit. So maybe that'll earn me a little more brownie points. The fact that it's still there, but oh, it's there, all right. <laughs> oh, it's there, yeah. It's, and I'm definitely, I'm definitely not you know cutting this stuff off. So I'll just be standing out in the sun with you guys, sweating, just waiting for, uh, waiting for each each uh, sweltering August day to end, so we can go talk some fine young men about Utah BYU. Yep. And that's a picture of what training camp really looks like, in case you're wondering. All the glamour. (laughs) It will be this year. Chris just standing there sweating. Yep. Yeah, that's about it. I mean, it's it's not that different from every other day, but, yeah, there's something to be said about the dog days of summer in Salt Lake. I'm I'm not even home right now. You guys are in Salt Lake where I hear it's like 102. I'm out in the Midwest right now, sitting in a hammock, and it's not too shabby, I must say. I'm learning. I'm learning a lot about this great country of ours, Wisconsin. Pretty nice place. Pretty green. I don't know if you guys have been, but it's a pretty decent spot. Wisconsin's uh, Wisconsin looks good in the summer. It's a uh, it's a tough <laughs> it's a tough long winter though. Just, yeah, that's what I tell just, my wife. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. I'm trying to remind her of that. So I think Utah fans have circled the Washington game, the trip to Seattle you talked about. Obviously, the game at USC will be a big deal. The BYU game's a big deal. Is that nine other wins locked up there, or are there a couple games you circled because those are going to be really – you figure those are going to be tough weekends for the Utes? Yeah, I mean, I don't think any any win is locked up, in my opinion. I mean, there are games they probably should win, but – as we've seen, especially in this conference, no matter how good you are, you can lose to any team. Um, there are going to be some tricky home games. I mean, some some teams just match up well against other teams. I'm interested to see how this new-look Cal team looks when they come to Salt Lake. I mean, everybody's been pretty down on Cal the last couple of years, but I've been very impressed with what Justin Wilcox has been able to do in Berkeley. And, um, you know, the... How does Khalil Tate look at the end of the year? You know, if, if he's healthy and he's rolling again, how's he going to look in November when Utah has to go down to Tucson? I mean, everybody will be excited to get out of the There are, there are just some games. I, I will admit that, that this seems like the first year that Utah has gotten the, the break from the Pac-12 schedule a little bit where they get to avoid Palo Alto or Eugene, but... Um, I would. I mean, I would agree with you. I think the USC and Seattle games, the Washington games, those are going to be the biggest games of the year. But no one knows how good anyone is yet. That's the beauty of it. Is we're going to see how everyone looks and who stays healthy, who doesn't, who emerges, who doesn't. And uh, yeah, we will be talking about all this great stuff on a week-to-week basis. Well, Chris, we appreciate a few uh, a few minutes out of your Midwestern summer. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Take care.